blending all these techniques and blending all these cultures and finding these common threads and understanding that everything that happens in your body, it's a direct connection to Psyche and Soma. Welcome to the Have It All podcast. I'm Elon Ferdman, and along with my brother Guy, we're Satori Prime. We've spent the last 16 years on a quest of mastery, and not just in business, all areas. Mastery of our finances, our bodies, our relationships, and most importantly, our minds. You see, while most people fantasize about their dream life, we went out and created it. And you bet we learned a few things along the way. So if you want to gain new skills and tools that will help you achieve the life of your dreams, well, you've come to the right place. So get ready to have your mind expanded. Implement what you learn here today, and you'll start living the life of your dreams instead of just, well, dreaming about it. So are you ready to have it all? Let's go. All right, everybody. Welcome here. Guy Ferdman of Satori Prime. I have this uh, awesome light of a guest with me here today, and uh, this is for the Have It All podcast. So um, I'll give you a little bit of background, and, and then I'll have Kira say her piece as well. Um, I don't know how many years ago it's been. Maybe you remember? Do you know when we met? 2008? I nine? feel like uh, 2009, okay. I think. Yeah. And maybe. We'll say that the economy was in a complete free fall when Kira and I met. Um, we actually met in the hallways of uh, of Landmark. Um, what was her name? Is it Vaughn? Something Vaughn, right? Your friend's name. Uh, Am I oh, uh, Amber. Amber, thank you. But if, like, if, like Amber Vaughn something, right? I've always wanted a Vaughn in my name or like a Van in my name. So I always thought that, that was super cool. But yeah, we were, I was head coaching a uh, Landmark SCLP program. Uh, Amber was a student in that program, I believe, and she invited you to come check out an introduction, right? I don't think you yes. had been involved in the work yet. And I see this. No, I hadn't. And I, I hadn't. And I came, she in, was super inspired by the work and she invited me to come check out how Landmark worked. And I had done some other programs and other metaphysical things since I was uh, 13, so it was wow, okay. cool, yeah. So it was a cool, it was a cool thing, and I remember you standing there, and you were like, "I know you from yeah. some other place and some other time. Let's have a conversation." It was kind of like that. I do that sometimes. So, <laughs> so anyway, uh, so Kira and I have known each other for a few years. Life kind of took us in, in different directions and different locations. You know, I'd love for her to say a little bit about herself, and and she's just lived a really uh, interesting few years, many years, uh, but the last few have really intrigued me and, and the work that she's doing and some projects that she's working on now internally. And, and that's kind of why I brought her on here. She's a, someone who's bringing light to the world and I'm always looking to connect with people like that. So, um, you know, here's uh, Kira Saltzman. Any, anything, you want, anything you want to say about yourself? Uh, <laughs> hi, uh, first of all. <laughs> And also awesome to reconnect, mm. uh, just for everyone to be aware. Actually, I was doing, uh, it was an internal study day, and I had been catching up on a lot of different astrological um, studies and formulas and things just to keep up with my work and what I need to do. And I just so happened to scroll by, and it was, you know, guy going to be live on Facebook. And <laughs> I said, great, why not? Uh, and I was folding my laundry and I'm listening and it was great because it's 
always a, a an authentic connective piece when when people are being themselves and people mm. are speaking with authenticity and coming from a, a real place and a real perspective. So I I saw it and I was like, oh. I have to say hi and give him a congrats and let him know that I see his work. And I'm also intrigued and um, very happy to see that. So about me, uh, I worked in three different industries in New York. Uh, The last one was real estate. It was in a down market. As Guy mentioned, things were really brutal. And I spent most of my 20s in New York uh, and part of my early 30s dealing with, you know, survival, which is Mm -hmm. a major, major current here in New York and a major current in general with the world. And it's a fear-based way of living. And what happened was, is I, I was miserable. I was miserable in in many aspects and wasn't living my purpose. And so I made a deal. I made a deal with the universe. And I said, listen, if if this next business deal comes through, uh, it will give me the resources to leave trip and do something that's really meaningful to me without thinking twice about, you know, leaving work, taking the time. I hadn't had a vacation in six years. Mm. So I said, great. How New York of you? (laughs) Sorry? I said, how New York of you? No yeah. time off, do, 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 you know. Basically, young, yeah. young, young, yeah. you know, totally young energy. Um, and I was totally burnt out. So I left. I upped and went to South Africa. I decided I was going to go to Bali. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it progressed. The first few months I was there, especially, was just a massive, massive peel of the human onion. And I was in and out of Asia for about three years, where I completely immersed myself into uh, other shaman studies, breath work, advanced theta trainings, bioelectric uh, shaking meditations, mm-hmm. uh, yoga trainings, teacher trainings, specializing in fascia and yin release. So really a deeper level of complete and utter connection going into the body. So I created from this and from um, also doing experiential ed and working with kids. Um, so the, the three years that, that really went on, the three and a half years, was about giving myself the freedom to do what it is that I love to do and what it is that I love to explore. And doing that, there needs to be a release of so many things. And with that comes judgment. Uh, what does it look like? What's the structure around it? Uh, the judgment around it. And that's getting in touch with your shadows. That's getting in touch with peeling all those things that you don't like about yourself, all the things that terrify you, all the things that have hurt you, all the things that you haven't confronted. And that's the shadow work piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and really stepping into the embodiment of all of that. And Panther is the birth of that. The Panther process is the company I launched in October. And that's exactly what it is. It's an experiential process for adults and getting in touch with the shadows using a myriad of healing modalities, as well as sensory experience tools, such as sound, light, um, and all the other things that I do. And it creates this really amazing space for intense transformation and experience because the only way to really embody and go in, we can read all we want. We can talk about it all we want. We can use as many theories as we want, but until we actually experience it is, is how we learn. And in my experience as well is there's been many encounters with the spiritual bypass syndrome, gurus, lots of, um, just misuse of power, misuse of ego, uh, misuse of 
um, control basically on every single level of, of the platform, whether it's a, a fear-based first chakra experience or a complete out-of-body sixth and seventh. So what, is, what is that you call that? The spiritual bypass syndrome? I've never heard that before. What, what does that mean? Ah, spiritual bypass syndrome is one of my favorite terms. <laughs> um, spiritual bypass syndrome is when, oh, everything's fine. Everything's okay. Everything's right. divine. Everything's as, as, you know, universe wills it and creates it. And yes, that's true to a point. Um, if someone comes along and punches you in the face, whether it's spiritual, energetic, emotional, or physical, uh, there's, a, there's an effect. There's a trauma. There's, an, a, there's a wounding that's being caused. And there's a, a sensory reaction that says, whoa, how am I registering this information? Mm-hmm. And spiritual bypass is a mask that a lot of people in the spiritual community wear that's used to just completely sidestep uh, the reality and the nature of what just happened. Uh, totally understand that. That's like the, uh, the San Diego special. <laughs> it's right. like, it's like the unwillingness. And I'm not saying that it's like across the board. I'm painting with a very broad brush when I say that it's right. like the unwillingness to, uh, do the shadow work. It's like, you're okay. I'm okay. Let's do a lot of light work together, make each other right. feel good and not really get into like the thick mud of it. Uh, which is which is funny, you know, because like uh, I came obviously up in like the landmark work since I was 19 years old. That's that's kind of the world I knew for a long time was like the neuroscience, the master of language, and and things like that. So that work was always all shadow. That was like <laughs> landmark is like getting hit in the face with a shovel like repeatedly and being like, okay, good. Well, this is revealing a lot of light in there, and I didn't have that uh, the contextual language for that back in the day. So it never really occurred to me like there was another side of the work. Um, but even, you know, shamanic and, and plant medicines, while they can be quite lovely is, is like deep, deep, dark, shadowy stuff that you oftentimes have to go through also. So, okay. Thank you. Yes. For that. Uh, yes. And, and also when you're doing the work on your own or using certain methods, uh, the type that we practice here in the Panther studio, that's also getting to those levels of elevation and the depth. Mm-hmm. So you're not only going up into the astral, but you're going in using that tool. And a lot of times with other methods, um, shooting up very quickly um, with certain types of medicines also leave you very open. And it's not uh, because you're not getting there on your own. There's a bypass of steps in getting there. And so this process is really making sure that we're approaching it um, from uh, an all-encompassing, non-linear, um, inside and out method- methodology. Yes, yeah, so I'm hearing you say basically, uh, it's like winning, like doing, doing shamanic medicine work is like winning the lottery when you haven't learned how to earn that amount of money so you can't Correct. hold the energy. Yeah, and I, yeah. I agree with that. I think, I think for me, with all the work that I've done, um, having dealt with the, the conscious part, the mind, like hearing the stories and using all that language, all that training really facilitated me in actually being able to integrate the work quite deeply without having like freakouts. I've seen some people, especially, um, I feel like the more empathetic somebody is naturally, or maybe even like psychic, however you would want to define that. Cause I, I think it's kind of one and the same, um, people who are highly sensitive, uh, even when the smallest doses of any kind of plant medicine uh, and find themselves way too open, their third eyes too open, their energies too open. They feel like they're taking in too much information at one time. Um, and I think there's something to be said about that too for them is to actually push themselves into that realm so they can kind of find their boundaries and figure out, you know, what do they want to let in? 
where do they feel best served? Because a lot of times they're just overwhelmed by society in general. And yes. It, it's, and it kind of um, exasperates it. And I think it shows them the extreme so that they can be like, okay, well, I want to put my wall here, or at least this is where my muscle is at right now. And I think that's important. And what I wanted to ask you, so, you know, you, you took yourself off radar, which is awesome. I love everything about that. And, and, and this is every time I look at Kira, I always think of the, uh, the woman from national geographic, like that super famous, uh, Afghan woman with the really blue eyes. I don't think it's coming quite across as much in the video, but like Kira's eyes are like piercingly blue. So I always look, yeah, I always look at you and I'm like, huh. My point is, is that, you know, you've come back to a concrete jungle, New York, which even now I've been away for four years. And I imagine for you two coming back must've been interesting to say the least. I don't want to say difficult, but interesting. Uh, Cause now when I come back, you know, everywhere you live is a bubble everywhere. And and New York is its own bubble. And while New Yorkers know they're living in stress until you've stepped away from it to the degree at which you are constantly in an acute stress environment, I don't really think I was aware of how deep that is. Now I come back, I'm like, holy shit. I can't believe this was something I've made normal, you know? Um, So it's interesting because you're doing work that I think New Yorkers don't easily come to. Yeah, New Yorkers uh, operate from left brain, which is why Landmark is like a really good thing out in New York. It's like all about productivity and it's like get, the, get shit done and stuff like that. When you kind of go into the deeper work, uh, how, how are you finding it, um, like finding clients and them kind of going into that realm, especially if they're unfamiliar? What's that experience like? Uh, so many ways to... <laughs> uh, coming back into New York, you know, I was in and out of Asia uh, for a few years. And so every time I came back, it was a different experience. Mm. The first time I had come back, I had, uh, just finished a really, really intense, uh, shamanic training. And, uh, I was literally in such a, a vibrational state, um, that I didn't leave my apartment for weeks. Uh, people just came to see me and I would session them and speak to them. And it was a very tough integration. I never integrated back, uh, coming back. Then the second time, uh, back to New York was again, uh, a different level of experience. Uh, coming back now, I'm, I was, I was also ready because I had accepted and begin to embody uh, what it is my purpose is as a shadow worker, what being a shadow worker means and mm-hmm. understanding the responsibility and, and being ready to hold space for that. So coming back to New York, I was, I was ready. Uh, New York needs, needs this work. Mm-hmm. New York is such an epicenter of the West and people are insanely receptive. They are ready to shift the world is shifting. There is such a shift that's going on. Um, the fear bubble and the fear consciousness, uh, especially what's going on politically in the U.S., has reached an absolute pinnacle, and people are terrified. Um, I've had this conversation recently also with other members of the healing and wellness community, and it's so, so, so important that we keep our balance and our role and making sure that we can continue to hold space for others because balance is the key here. Um, so coming back to New York has been really rewarding for me because part of, part of my role and part of my purpose and my gifts is to be that bridge. Um, it's very, very easy to go to the jungle um, and be in that bubble. And I say easy. I mean, it, there's various skills. <laughs> yeah, it's um, but meaning it's a lot easier to yeah. hold that space in the natural environment. Um, but coming here and doing it, this is where the real work happens. 
Uh, and it's so important that that I'm here to do it. It's so important that my colleagues are here to do it. It's so important that, and I say this with absolute honor um, and awe of the people that have stepped through my door. And I, the, what I've witnessed is mind-blowing to me and absolutely beautiful in every, in every sense of the word. Um, I, and coming back also to New York and what we touched on actually before we started recording uh, is the word ego. And I just want to use that to address it here as well. I find ego, uh, ego gets a bad rap in the spiritual community. Egos, you know, shed the ego, get rid of it. It's not a heart centered place, so on and so forth. Um, as long as we live on this earth, as long as we have a, this spaceship, this body, mm-hmm. uh, we need an ego because the ego keeps us uh, surviving. And the key, the key, the way I see it is that there's constant metamorphosis. And as we're that caterpillar soup, as we're in a chrysalis, as we're going through these changes, we then shed the ego and we're just really naked and looking around going, okay, what does this look like now? And we put on a new one. We put on the new ego suit, right? We put on something else to wear. It's like a new outfit, honestly, I say. It's like putting this new, what does this look now? And then in the future, we shut it again. And we put it on again because we live in this body. We're here to do the work on earth. This is our plane to do it. And the earth needs us to do it now. Absolutely. I, uh, over the years, yeah, I spent a long time trying to defeat, overcome, shed all these things that you're just talking about now. Um, you know, my insights really did start coming from doing uh, these shamanic plant rituals. Uh, I, I had like physical manifestations of my ego where I just had straight conversations with it. And I noticed that's the scared little boy, right? That's the scared little boy. And, and what I had done for a long time is taking that part of myself said, well, I'm going to defeat you. So like, here's your corner. You know, go in the back room. I'm going to put a few boxes in front of you. We're going to lock this door. We're going to put like a, you know, one of these metal things in front. Like you're not getting out and you just don't get to talk anymore. And I kind of did that. And then for years, I I couldn't understand why I couldn't overcome my anger. Like I had this anger that would just, some people say they have a short fuse. I have like no fuse. It's like zero to a hundred, right? Like instantly. And then the peace started coming from having this conversation and it's just saying, I'm pissed. I'm like, I'm clear that you're pissed. I'm like, what about? And, right. and, I, and, I, and the analogy I can share is I felt like Bruce Banner when he's not the incredible Hulk, like always trying to hold that energy back. And then it's like, if you're going to put a five-year-old in a room that's dark and has no voice and no food, the kid is going to like sit there at the door, just like banging, right. Just trying to get out. And that's what happened once in a while. would get out of that. Um, and, and the peace came from understanding that whatever, whatever your human experience is, is perfect. And whatever you're experiencing is biological, it's spiritual. And, and just like Kira said, it's all part of this mechanism. So your job is not to defeat it. It's to love it. It's, yes. to, it's to build a relationship with it. And, and, and yes. we are relational beings. That's all we have is just relationship from us to everything else. So yeah, like the peace started coming from, loving this part of myself, really starting to see the, some of the beauty that anger actually provides decisiveness and like fire and passion and all the other great stuff about it. And, and I started having the experience of um, instead of like before it was having me instead of me having it. 
And I notice even the way that we say in language, like I'm angry, it's like you're expressing and creating yourself as like the being of anger, as if that was so, I mean, you're having anger and you're currently experiencing anger. And it's, and, it, and even if you start using like that language, you're saying, well, this is a passing, passing through phenomenon. It is not who I am. Um, so that's, that's really, really helped me. I wanted to ask you, so you kind of like, I, I listened to your experience and I think she went through her own like eat, pray, love kind of thing over there. Um, and, you know, for someone who's listening and maybe they've just kind of dipped their toe in the water, whether it's in a psychological type of way or like a heart center type of way, I haven't been to Bali and I, I'd like to get there this year within the next few months, actually. And I, and I imagine it's, it's, you know, offered you just a, even that energy, being around that energy, being around the people that are there. Today, looking back at who you were and somebody who's kind of dealing with where you were, what would you, what was like the advice you would give yourself today and some of the insights that you've had over the last few years? And, you know, I speak to yourself, but it's like you're speaking to somebody else too. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, that's the Panther process. That's how this got birthed. You know, I, I was my first client. Totally. <laughs> everything, everything that I speak about with my clients, everything that I go through, everything that's felt is exactly what I went through and continue to go through. This is not, and I want to be really clear also speaking about it, you know, um, evolution is a constant process. It's a nonlinear process. I use this analogy and I love it. Uh, and I forget the artist's name. You may remember it. It's, uh, the staircases and all the different directions. Uh, MC Escher. Maybe that you, you know, that the painting or the print that I'm speaking of with all the staircases in all the different directions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Escher, Escher, MC Escher, yeah. Escher. So that's really what evolution is and how I look at it and how the archetype is. And uh, if I were to give myself words of advice for what I'm going into, <sighs> Ollie has a role. It's a beautiful place. I'm eternally grateful for its energy and for the spirit that is the island of Bali and everything along that, that part of my evolution. It is a beautiful place to go and heal. It is not the epitome of everything uh, it, it's, it's very sixth and seventh. Um, <laughs> uh, there's, uh, uh, it's very sixth and seventh chakra, um, for the, for people listening that aren't sure what exactly I'm referring to. Yeah. Um, uh, it really started also because when I was growing up, uh, and also in young adulthood, I didn't give myself full permission to be myself. Uh, there was a lot of shame um, and a lot of guilt for being different. And that comes from lots of different currents. In Theta, we talk about the, you know, the four levels that things exist, you know, our core genetic, historical, and our soul level. And we have a lot of soul contracts. We have contracts with our family. We have contracts with our bloodline. Uh, um, lineages carry things, cultures carry things, and all, and all of these different, a myriad of the soup, really. So, for me, that was a lot of what I had to work on was getting in touch with, okay, how can I bridge the gap between who Kira is on a soul level and what she looks like on the outside in terms of how she wants to be of service in the world and how that archetype looks like. Courage. That's, that's the main piece of advice I would give to myself mm. four years ago that I would give anyone. And now more than ever, it's absolute courage remembering that vulnerability is key that yes of course coming from the heart you know is where this truth lies and at the same time understanding healthy boundaries 
um, authenticity uh, and recognizing where we are responsible. And I don't just mean on the earthly level, I, I mean emotionally as well. You know, what are we, what are we responsible for in these dynamics? Can you um, can you give your personal distinction of those two words, like authenticity and courage? Because I, I think it's easy to transpose your own experience onto that or make it a moral issue or something like that. And I want, I want you to clearly define it from your own experience. Yes. Authenticity means that you are speaking 100% from your personal truth and from your uh, perspective. And that doesn't mean that it's coming from a place of... There's a difference between objectivity and judgment. Mm. Okay. So... What, what's, it's taking that step. Okay. I'm observing, I'm observing the situation. I'm observing myself. Okay. What's the observation of self? Um, wow. That's fear. That's coming through. Okay. Wow. That's anger. That's coming next. And, and so on and so on. And, And taking that step back and observing, I'm able to communicate to someone else and saying, okay, this is where I'm at in my truth. This is how I feel. I'm, uh, I'm afraid and I'm, I'm really hurt and I don't quite understand. And even that simple piece, that's authentic. I actually was, this actually came up for me just before we got on call. I spent some time at an ashram in Bali. Mm. Um, and this is, uh, his name is Ratu. And it's a bioelectric um, form of meditation called shaking. Uh, you may or may not have uh, heard about it. There was a, a moment that I had. Um, I had some blocks come up. And the second day I was there, he was giving his talk uh, after a shake. You shake about six hours a day there, um, three times a day. So it's, it's six hours overall uh, divided into three separate times. Mm. And he was giving a lecture and, and kind of talking, and he was really speaking on authenticity and what that means and saying, you know, uh, don't force the energy. If you see someone reacting to the energy that you're feeling in the space, uh, uh, please be in your integrity with it. Please be in your truth with it. Don't leap and jump because someone else is leaping and jumping. Uh, if someone else is laughing, don't laugh to laugh. Uh, really connect, really connect with what's happening in your body, with your psyche and your soma. Um, and he, this is a, a very a personal story. He pulled me up in front of the group, uh, this group of strangers. And he, he knows, he knows what's going on energetically with people. And he pulled me up and he placed his hand on my back. Um, and he was activating some points and I felt the tears well. And crying, by the way, is, uh, as you know, is a really beautiful way to release something mm-hmm. because it, it comes from the heart. Uh, grief is the demon of the heart chakra and crying and mourning and grieving is the way that we can rebalance the heart, which is in charge of balancing the entire energy body anyway. But so I began to cry and I felt such exquisite and painful vulnerability doing this in front of everyone. And he said, take a picture of this. This is honest. This is what honesty is. Mm. Um, and that, that was also another level of really connecting to this type of vulnerability for me. Um, having someone's hands on my physical body as this was happening. This was like, I mean, this literally translated to that nightmare where you're in school and you're naked and you don't, you can't remember your homework or exactly. test. Uh, that was basically what I was facing uh, in that space. Did you so feel? That, did you feel locked out of there uh, prior to these experiences, or just not not accessing it? Quite. I was I, I was blocked by anger. I had had something come up that I was very angry about. Mm. Uh, 
and I had a lot of anger around it. And, and we hold on to anger as a way of, of not grieving. Certainty. Yeah. So it, that, so to answer your question in a long form, that's my definition of authenticity and courage uh, and goes hand in hand with that. Courage is saying, I'm afraid, fuck it. I'm going to do it anyway. Mm. It's not ignoring the courage. It's not waiting until the courage comes. It's not, it's literally jumping without certainty. It's saying, these are the, these are what the knowns are. These are what the unknowns are. And that's everything. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm going to jump anyway. Yeah. That's the uh, ability to, for me, it's the ability to act in, uh, in the face of fear. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And it's an, it's a total muscle. And, uh, we get asked that question all the time. We do like a Facebook live every week now. And well, me yesterday I asked, you know, how do you overcome fear? And I said, well, you need to stop overcoming it. Um, like it, it's a it's a muscle that you work. There's a reason I run out of a burning building and firemen run into a burning building. Right. <laughs> same, same threat, you know, same everything, except training has given them the capacity to have courage in the moment of fears where they can act and have clarity, clarity of mind. It's the same thing that Navy SEALs do and why they dunk them in freezing cold water and do all those things because they know that all that stuff instills panic attacks in the body. However, if you can overcome that right or build a capacity for that even in the most um tumultuous of environments you have clear thought clear mind um hey, this is i'm going to totally nerd out for just a quick second here but um dare away do it dare away uh dune like that super famous sci-fi book series i read like the first four or seven and the line in the book and it's really beautiful um but i'll just paraphrase really quickly it's like fear is the mind killer yeah right it completely takes away clarity of thought uh, really messes with the frontal lobe area in terms of signals that it's sending and how it's making the rest of the body operate. And a lot of people dealing with uh, panic attacks or high levels of anxiety. It's just all these little things that over the years have been like programmed into you subconsciously. And there's triggers around you in your environment that you're not noticing that are creating that. Um, and I totally agree doing doing that type of work like you did with with those points. And and I've done. Um, I don't know if I could call it shake. So I, we call it like tremor work. Uh, so yes. I've done, I've, I've yep. done, like, I've done tremor work, uh, not, not to that, uh, immersion like you have, uh, but I've done it and I know what that can do as far as it just brings up. Like if you don't want to deal with it, <laughs> like your past is like, <laughs> yes. that, and it's such an opportunity not to like, Oh my God, my past is here again. It's a reintegration opportunity to look at those moments and with like in your new mind and your new heart to look at all that stuff and say, okay, well, how would I um, operate now if that sensation is there and really reintegrate? So I, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's a really beautiful, there, there's so many ways to blend this work together. And this is part of my constant study with it. And, you know, what makes, you know, the Panther process such a, an, a cool experience is I started studying process-oriented psychology when I was, uh, I don't know, 2008, 2009 mm. uh, from Arnold Mandel. I read The Quantum Mind, um, which went along with with everything I was really fascinated with. Um, and blending, it's blending all these techniques and blending all these cultures and finding these common threads and understanding that everything that happens in your body, it, it, it's a direct connection to psyche and soma. It's, you know, I you know, I, I had someone actually reach out to me today. Um, we were supposed to meet and she threw out her back. Mm. And so it turned into a, a conversation around, okay, let's talk about what the back means. Let's talk about what you've been dealing with recently. Um, and let's take a look at this big invitation, a big eclipse, full moon tomorrow. 
uh, in Leo. And that's all about also big self-love. So that turned into a really beautiful dialogue around how are you going to love yourself through this experience, uh, hurting your back and now having your body say, you know what, you're overworked, you're done. I'm taking you completely out of commission. Um, And so that's another way that all your, your stuff, all your triggers come up as when your body says, I've had enough. You're not listening. Totally. Yeah. Do you have any, uh, I don't know if it's the book you just mentioned, uh, resources for people to look at. So everything that happens in the body is, is emotionally connected. So yep. if like your hips hurt, there's like emotion there. If it just, like you said, your back hurts and depending on also which side of the body it's on, that could be a yes. like a female or a, a masculine issue. Yes. Uh, do you have any good resources on that? There's so many and so many different schools of thought. Yeah. Uh, I think it's extremely enlightening for people to know, like, I've had this back pain here. Okay, maybe I need to deal with mom. <laughs> yeah. There's something going on over there, uh, that kind of stuff. It's it's just a really different level of consciousness than trying to go put, like, neo, you know, like, uh, neosporin yeah. or biofreeze on yourself. an emotional yeah. issue. Uh, exactly. And, and that's the interesting thing, too. When people get hurt, they automatically take painkillers. And it's so important. I can't stress this enough. Your body is trying to tell you something. And when you take something to dull your mind and your body, it, you can't listen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I highly encourage also to, for people to feel into their pain, which is why my clients love and hate me at the same time. Because when they get into session with me, there's no way out until it's over. I say, I'm not going to end. I'm just going to get you through. Um, because I meet you how you need to be met. Um, so books, resources, I would say, honestly, what's coming up for me right now organically is just, um, going old school. I'm going to go Louise Hay. Um, I'm going to go Louise Hay on this. She has a really, really uh, amazing series of books, uh, that talks about the power of affirmations. And she has one specifically on, uh, disorders and diseases, um, and certain pains in the body and affirmations that you can do. And I think too, it's not just for people to understand, okay, if the lower back hurts on your right side, you know, talking about weights of the masculine or, or not being supported by the universe or by your father, mm. uh, Louise has a solution, uh, in the book that gives you a, a mantra or an affirmation that helps you start to regenerate that area. So I think that book is also a really great reference because you don't have to read it from start to finish. You can pick it up and sort of play around, which I'm a fan of and see what, what works. She's a, she's a good, and she's the, such a grandmother and pioneer of, of all of this work. Totally. So is, that I, the, is that the, uh, you can heal your life book? She has it. You can heal your life. This is, this is the specific book on the affirmations of diseases and disorders. I'm not sure what it's called. I'm, I'm not great with names, no uh, spelling and names, uh, not <laughs> my strong suits. No worries. And for those of you guys who don't know Louise Hayes, she's the founder of Hay House and, you know, has published people like Wayne Dyer and I think even Deepak and pretty much everybody who's got, you know, a name today in, in that field. Um, yeah. Uh, also, that. for people interested in astrology, um, which is one of my um, schools of mastery and study, um, the evolutionary astrology model follows Pluto uh, as the soul. So it's the deep Jungian subconscious of separating and creating desires. It goes very, very deep into a lot of karmic ties and where we're at. Um, and there's a really beautiful study of all of that on trauma um, and medical astrology. So that's also available um, through the School of Evolutionary Astrology, which I highly recommend. It's a really beautiful school. 
Beautiful. Yeah, I, I can, I can, I want to look into that. I, it's funny, like for me, um, so I'm like clear audience and psychic and all sorts of other, you know, abilities, however you want to define those things. It's just people have defined them for me as I've expressed some of the experiences I'm having. Um, and I've been told for quite a while that if I just study astrology, like I can then use my intuition, pull what I need to pull, but then use the science to kind of affirm, you know, like give myself like a secondary opinion kind of thing. So I, I know what's actually going on. Um, so I find it fascinating, but for whatever reason, it just hasn't, it hasn't come with ease for me. It's not like a, a science of mastery that comes with ease. So I just reach out to people like you. <laughs> well, the, the planets are, are, you know, with every symbol, there, it's a powerful archetypal energy that's behind it. And that's the amazing thing too about when you start studying astrology is because you start recognizing it and it, it literally does. It picks up on, on that side of the brain, um, on the right side, and you start intuiting it uh, without um, being able to use words correctly. I find that often in sessions when I'm working uh, in astrological sessions with people, th- the words don't come out so well. <laughs> it's literally very slow and gummy because I channel so much I can't download it fast enough uh, with exactly what's going on. But yeah, it's, it's a beautiful way of studying it. Um, I, I'm so fascinated with all the different tools that we have. And I think it's so important though, for people learning and wanting more information that they take on a full energetic download of, of all the different schools. If you're not grounded in your body and you're just studying methods of six and seven, um, clairvoyancy trainings, theta trainings, um, things of that nature, you'll fly off. If you're just studying body work, um, and you're not, you don't have the tools to integrate the visions that are coming to you um, when you're doing breath work or, or understand that you access and dial into your own DMT uh, at times when that happens, uh, the visuals surrounding it or the energies that happen it, you know, so it's a really beautiful practice of incorporating all of those things, you know, and um, for example, uh, p- people that do yoga, I highly encourage them to get to the roots of the sutras. Um, I was very fortunate to be trained um, by my teacher, Denise Payne. I, she's amazing um, and all-encompassing in, in all the worlds of yoga in the true form. Mm. Um, it's not an exercise, guys. It's not an exercise. Of energies. It yeah. is how we incorporate and balance our bodies. And it's amazing to see because uh, observation through my personal practice, I can see what energetic bodies are completely out of balance when I mm. practice has nothing to do with where I'm at in terms of my strength. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I, I couldn't agree more. I've gone through a lot of these experiences myself. You know, where, what I wanted to pick up on and then just kind of start wrapping up is um, <clears throat> with all the experiences I've had, I've, I've found over the years, a lot of uh, teachers bring to the table like a specific methodology. And, and that's great, right? Everyone, It's exactly like what you said. You are your first student. Uh, we all teach the things that we're working on healing within ourselves. and what I hear from you is you've become like a really beautiful dancer. Um, I always make the analogy of uh, when you go like learn salsa or something, it's like, you know, you're looking down and you're counting the steps and it's awkward and it's clunky. And then, but you go from kind of a student practitioner to mastery type of methodology, uh, Robert Greene in the book mastery does a beautiful eloquent job of describing the process of mastery. Um, but as you learn to dance, of course, you're like, then you could see your partner. You're like, oh yeah, I have a partner. (laughs) And dance with this person, you stop counting the steps. And then when you like master that dance, nobody dances that way except for you. Like you're doing the salsa, but that's like your salsa. So I just, I just hear you've done a lot of experiences and 
people that come to work with you. It's not necessarily a methodology. It's a, a holistic view on how to integrate really, you know, you're talking about six and seven, one through seven and, and, and looking at the physiology of the body and the biology of the body and uh, the spiritual aspects and the heart and bringing all of it into it. And for me too, that's been my work is getting it much more holistic. Uh, and I, I find that to be crucial. And, and doing it, doing it with, you know, the New York, edge. you know, I'll stare down the barrel of the gun with you. Um, and it's, it's, it's really that sense. I tell every client before session, I will meet you exactly how deep you want to go. So that's, that's really the, the dance. Yes, it is for sure. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, so where can uh, people find out about you? Yes. Panther process. And also just uh, something I want to add about it. Um, it, it incorporates a lot of other experiential elements to it, which helps make it so unique, um, which is why I'm also really proud of it because it's such a combination of art installation, sound, feeling mm. um, and coaching. So it all comes from, you know, and a very Jungian perspective, which is always a little dark and dirty, if you will. Um, thank you for <laughs> At uh, thepantherprocess.com, we are just about to officially launch our social media, um, which has been uh, neglected amongst all the other work that we've been doing. Uh, so that's going to be up and running. Uh, there is also an events page uh, on my website. We are hosting an all-women's retreat. It will be in France in August in the Loire Valley. Stay tuned. It's a very magical, exclusive property, and we're very excited for this adventure um, as well. Uh, otherwise you can reach us on our contact page, uh, or me directly at Kira at the Panther process.com. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, thank you for sharing your gifts with us and a little bit of your story. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited. To, uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to view it from the outside and just watch this unfold. And, uh, I, you know, at some point I'd love to have you back on and, and just talk about how it's opened up and, type of work that you're doing share some some war stories uh, you know about things like that so uh thanks i have many anytime <laughs> I'm, I'm sure from one virgo to another i get it sweetheart <laughs> all right pleasure Monday, having you. Babe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right love thank you ciao So that's it, my friends. That's today's episode. I just want to thank you for being part of our Have It All family and truly, truly thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help or give back in any way possible, the best way would be to share this or any other episode that you loved with your family, friends, or colleagues. And if you'd be so great as to just leave us a rating and a comment on either iTunes or Stitcher, whichever you use, that helps us tremendously. It only takes about two to three minutes of your time and would mean the world to us. Finally, I want to let you know that if you want to get even more exclusive content from Guy and I, just head over to satoriprime.com and make sure you join our mailing list. Now, I know what you might be thinking, God, not another mailing list, but I promise you, you'll only get an email or two from us per week and it will always have amazing videos and articles that I'm sure you're going to love. Promise. So until next time, you can join our ongoing conversation at the Have It All Facebook group where you can let us know how we're doing and what we can do to improve. Love you all and we'll see you on the next Have It All podcast. Have an amazing, amazing day, my friends. Bye.